Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, December 5th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayishlach, and it means, And He Sent. Genesis 32, 13-29 Yet You have said, I will deal bountifully with you and make your offspring as the sands of the sea, which are too numerous to count. After spending the night there, he selected from what was at hand these presents for his brother Esau. Two hundred she-goats and twenty he-goats, two hundred ewes and twenty rams, thirty milch camels with their colts, forty cows and ten bulls, twenty donkeys and ten male donkeys. These he put in the charge of his servants, drove by drove, and he told his servants, Go on ahead, and keep a distance between droves. He instructed the one in front as follows, When my brother Esau meets you and asks you, Whose man are you, where are you going, and whose animals are these ahead of you? You shall answer, Your servant Jacob's. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau, and Jacob himself is right behind us. He gave similar instructions to the second one, and the third, and all the others who followed the droves, namely, Thus and so shall you say to Esau when you reach him. 
And you shall add, And your servant Jacob himself is right behind us. For he reasoned, If I propitiate him with presents in advance, and then face him, perhaps he will show me favor. And so the gift went on ahead while he remained in camp that night. That same night he arose, and taking his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven children, he crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After taking them across the stream, he sent across all his possessions. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of dawn. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he wrenched Jacob's hip at its socket, so that the socket of his hip was strained as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for dawn is breaking. But he answered, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And said the other, What is your name? And he replied, Jacob. Said he, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with beings divine and human, and have prevailed. Hosea 1, 1-3-5 Hosea 1, 1 to 3, 5. The word of Hashem that came to Hosea, son of Beeri, in the reigns of King Uzziah, Jotham, Achaz, and Hezekiah of Yehuda, and in the reign of King Jehoram, son of Joash of Israel. When Hashem first spoke to Hosea, Hashem said to Hosea, Go, get yourself a wife of whoredom and children of whoredom, for the land will stray from following Hashem. So he went and married Gomer, daughter of Diblam. She conceived and bore him a son, and Hashem instructed him, Name him Jezreel, for I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the bloody deeds at Israel, and put an end to the monarchy of the house of Israel. In that day I will break the bow of Israel in the valley, of Jezreel. She conceived again and bore a daughter, and he said to him, Name her Lo-Ruhamah, for I will no longer accept the house of Israel or pardon them, but I will accept the house of Yehuda, and I will give them victory through Hashem their God. I will not give them victory with bow and sword and battle by horses and riders. After weaning Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son. Then he said, Name him Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your Hashem. The number of the people of Israel shall be like that of the sands of the sea, which cannot be measured or counted, and instead of being told, You are not my people, they shall be called children of the living Hashem. The people of Yehuda and the people of Israel shall assemble together and appoint one head over them, and they shall rise from the ground, for marvelous shall be the day of Jezreel. Oh, call your brothers my people, and your sisters lovingly accepted. Rebuke your mother, rebuke her, for she is not my wife, and I am not her husband, and let her put away her harlotry from her face and her adultery from between her breasts. Else will I strip her naked and leave her as on the day she was born, and I will make her like a wilderness, 
Render her like desert land, and let her die of thirst. I will also disown her children, for they are now a harlot's brood, in that their mother has played the harlot. She that conceived them has acted shamelessly, because she thought, I will go after my lovers, who supply my bread and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. Assuredly, I will hedge up her roads with thorns, and raise walls against her, and she shall not find her paths. Pursue her lovers as she will. She shall not overtake them, and seek them as she may. She shall never find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband, for then I fared better than now. And she did not consider this. It was I who bestowed on her the new grain and wine and oil, I who lavished silver on her and gold, which they used for Baal. Assuredly, I will take back my new grain in its time, and my new wine in its season, and I will snatch away my wool and my linen that serve to cover her nakedness. Now will I uncover her shame in the very sight of her lovers, and none shall save her from me. And I will end all her rejoicing, her festivals, new moons, and Shabbat, all her festive seasons. I will lay waste her vines and her fig trees, which she thinks are a fee she received from her lovers. I will turn them into brushwood, and beasts of the field shall devour them. Thus will I punish her for the days of the Balaam, on which she brought them offerings. When she decked with earrings and jewels, she would go after her lovers, forgetting me, declares Hashem. Assuredly, I will speak coaxingly to her, and lead her through the wilderness, and speak to her tenderly. I will give her her vineyards from there, and the valley of Achor as a plowland of hope. There she shall respond as in the days of her youth, when she came up from the land of Egypt. And in that day, declares Hashem, you will call me Ishi, and no more will you call me Bali. For I will remove the names of the Balaam from her mouth, and they shall never more be mentioned by name. In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the creeping things of the ground. I will also banish bow, sword, and war from the land. Thus I will let them lie down in safety, and I will betroth you to me forever. I will espouse you with righteousness and justice, and with goodness and mercy. And I will espouse you with faithfulness. Then you shall be devoted to Hashem. In that day I will respond, declares Hashem. I will respond to the sky, and it shall respond to the earth. And the earth shall respond with new grain and wine and oil, and they shall respond to Israel. I will sow her in the land as my own, and take Lo-Ruhamah back in favor. And I will say to Lo-Ami, You are my people. And he will respond, You are my God. HaShem said to me further, Go, befriend a woman who, while befriended by a companion, consorts with others, just as HaShem befriends the Israelites. But they turn to other gods and love the cups of the grape. 
Then I hired her for fifteen shekels of silver, an omer of barley, and a letic of barley. And I stipulated with her, in return, you are to go a long time without either fornicating or marrying, even I shall not cohabit with you. For the Israelites shall go a long time without king, and without officials, without sacrifice, and without cult pillars, and without ephod and teraphim. Afterward the Israelites will turn back, and will seek Hashem their God, and David their king, and they will thrill over Hashem and over his bounty in the days to come. 1 John 5, 1-21 Whosoever believes that Yeshua is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believes that Yeshua is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Yeshua, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. He that believes not God has made him a liar, because he believes not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. These things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sins not, but he that is begotten of God keeps himself, and that wicked one touches him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come and has given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true. 
and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Yeshua. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Psalm 124, 1-8 If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick, when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Proverbs 29, 5-8 A man that flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. In the transgression of an evil man there is a snare, but the righteous does sing and rejoice. The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked regards not to know it. Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. I want to speak to you today from Hosea chapters 1 through 3. And to begin with, this book is specifically written to a particular audience. It is written to the northern kingdom also known as the House of Israel, or the House of Joseph, or the House of Ephraim, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. Now, the southern kingdom is called the House of Judah. The Jews, the northern kingdom, are the ten tribes of the north. So this book is written to the northern kingdom, to the non-Jews. And basically, let me give you a little bit of background about the northern kingdom. After the kingdom split that's described in 1 Kings chapter 12, Jeroboam became the leader of the northern kingdom. And they went immediately into idolatry. They set up a golden calf and began to worship the golden calf up in the northern parts of the land. They changed the times and the seasons, so instead of celebrating Sukkot, In the seventh month, they kept Sukkot a month later, because Jeroboam did not want the people migrating down to Jerusalem to keep the feast days. So he decided, well, we'll just keep the feast up here, and we'll change when they occur. So basically, the northern kingdom is described as and has the characteristics of a harlot, She's idolatrous. She chases after other lovers. She is unfaithful to the God of Israel. This is why God instructs Hosea to take for himself a wife who is a whore, a harlot. And her name is Gomer. And Gomer, he's acting out a prophetic picture. Gomer represents the northern kingdom. And so the children that she gives Uh, birth to have prophetic significance in their names. So the first child's name is Jezreel. And Jezreel 
is a picture or the Lord says, I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu. So the house of Jehu was majorly into idolatry and was very wicked. And I will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. And then she conceives again and bear, has a daughter, and God told Hosea to call her name Lo-Ruhamah, for I will have no more mercy upon the house of Israel. That is the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north. But I will utterly take them away. And that's exactly what happened. The northern kingdom was taken into captivity and into exile by Assyria. And when they were taken away into exile, they forgot who they were. They forgot the name of God, and they forgot his book, the Torah. And they were assimilated. And then from there, they were scattered to all the nations, and they have never, ever returned to Israel. The southern kingdom has a different story, but I digress. So then she has a third child. And when... uh, she has this third child. God tells Hosea to name the third child um, Lo-Ami, which means, and this is a son, Lo-Ami, and it means you are not my people, and I will not be your God. So this is the judgment that God is putting upon the northern kingdom. I will have no mercy upon you, and you are not my people. That is the judgment that came upon them. However, there is hope, and the curse gets uh, rendered ineffective. The curse is reversed. And how is that so? The curse is reversed because in 1 Peter chapter 2, I'll start in verse 7, but the real bottom line is verses 10 and 11. But I'll start in verse 7, or verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8. I'll start in verse 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected, the same is made the head of the corner. So this is speaking of Yeshua. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in times past were not a people. Lo, Ruhamah. But are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Remember, we had Lo, Ruhamah, and Lo, Ami. Lo, Ami is you are not my people. Lo, Ruhamah is no mercy. So this is a direct reference uh, in First Peter back to the book of Hosea to that specific group of people who are the Gentiles, the non-Jews, the ten tribes of the north, 
that God is promising that though you were once not my people and though you were once no mercy, now you are my people and now I do show you mercy. This is also repeated in Romans chapter 9. And I'm, I'm, the punchline is verses 25 and 26, but I'll start in verse 22. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory? Even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Verse 25, as he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people, and her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there they shall be called sons of the living God. And so though there was a curse that was put upon the northern kingdom, this curse is reversed in Christ, that when we turn from our wickedness and our sin and our unfaithfulness, and we turn to Yeshua and we allow him in, and he takes out the heart of stone and he gives us a heart of flesh, then we become his people. Then the Lord showers us with his mercy. So there's another verse I want to unpack for you out of this book, because it's a wonderful, rich promise that we have to look forward to. And it's in chapter 1, verse 11, and I'm reading uh, this from the King James. I kind of like this translation a bit better than out of the Israel Bible. And I'm going to start in verse 10. Yet... The number, this is chapter 1, verse 10 of Hosea. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, You are not my people, there it shall be said to them, You are the sons of the living God. Now remember, this is written to the Gentiles. This is written to the northern kingdom, to the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. Verse 11, Then shall the children of Judah, the Jews, and the children of Israel, the non-Jews, the ten tribes of the north, then shall they, the children of Judah and the children of Israel, be gathered together and appoint themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. So this is a rich, wonderful, stunning promise that there's a day coming when Yeshua is going to gather and unite all 12 tribes, and he will be the head of all 12 tribes, that the the divided kingdom will no longer be divided. We will be united once again, and we will have one head who is Yeshua. And so that's a wonderful, rich promise that we can look forward to. And as you think about it, reflect on it, chew on it, um, ask yourself the question, how might the Lord want to use you to prepare for that day? What can you be doing to prepare the way? Now, Yeshua is going to be the one who unites all 12 tribes. He will do it. 
But what can you do to prepare the way? In the same way that John the Baptist prepared the way for the Messiah, make straight every road, every crooked road, every high mountain, bring it low, and every valley, bring it up. Prepare the way for the Messiah, for Yeshua. So that's something to think about. In um, the Israel Bible, that same verse reads as follows. The people of Yehuda and the people of Israel shall assemble together and appoint one head over them, and they shall rise from the ground, for marvelous shall be the day of Jezreel. Now, another part of this book that I just love, it's talking about um, this woman. And she follows after other lovers, chapter 2, and she's unfaithful to him, and she wanders in the wilderness. And then it talks about how the Lord, I will discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and none shall deliver her out of her hand. I will cause her mirth to cease, and her feast days, her new moons, and her Sabbaths, and all her solemn feasts. I will destroy her vines and her fig trees. I'll visit upon her the days of Balaam. And then verse 14. This is what the Lord's going to do with this woman, Gomer, who represents each and every one of us. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. And I will give her her vineyards from thence and from the valley of Achor, for it will become a door of hope. Now, the valley of Achor, when you look at that word Achor, in the Hebrew, it means the valley of tribulation, the valley of pain, the valley of suffering. He's going to turn it into a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. So it's a direct comparison of what this is. This is giving us a remez hint of the end of days of the great, greater exodus to come. And right here, He's make in the scripture, it's a direct comparison to when the Hebrews left Egypt. So what was that called? That was the Exodus. Okay. So there's another Exodus coming, a greater Exodus to come. And so it goes on to say, she shall sing there. And as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt, there's your comparison to the first Exodus. Verse 16, And it shall be at that day, says the Lord, that you shall call me Ishi. Ishi means husband. And you shall not call me any more Baal or Lord. No longer call him by an incorrect name. For I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. And I will make a covenant. Verse 19, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercy. I will even betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. Verse 23, and I will sow her unto me in the earth and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, You are my people, and they shall say, You are my God. So we see this picture being painted that when he uh, takes her out into the wilderness, that there's going to be a betrothal. 
there's going to be another proposal made to her, will you marry me? Now that happened the first time at Mount Sinai, when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, and he read them to the people. And he said, will you follow this? And they said, yes, we will obey. That was their yes. I step into this covenant, into this marriage proposal. I do. They said yes. And so it's a renewal of this marriage proposal that's going to happen. First, he allures her out into the wilderness. Well, how does that correlate to the greater exodus? There's going to come a time when it will be time to leave the city. It'll be time to gather with the Mishpocha in the wilderness, because when the mark of the beast comes into play, we cannot and will not participate in that beastly system that you cannot buy or sell unless you have the mark. We won't participate in that. And so that will be a time that it's time to leave. And when did the first exodus happen? It happened at Passover. So when will the second greater exodus happen? God works in patterns. It will happen at a future Passover. And immediately prior to that Passover, we will see the mark of the beast come into play. And once we see that mark of the beast come into play, we'll know, okay, now Passover has come. It's time to flee. It's time to leave. It's time to gather with the Mishpocha and go into the wilderness. So you see this whole chapter, chapter 2, um, about him alluring her into the wilderness, about the Lord betrothing her to me yet again a second time. This is really a description of the greater exodus to come. So I'm going to conclude with this beautiful song. And it's uh, the words of the song are based out of the words that were just shared out of Hosea chapter 2. The song is called The Promise, and it is sung by Ronan Shalom. to me forever I'll be true to me in righteousness and in justice in mercy and loving kindness I'll be true to me in faithfulness and then you're done you shall know the Lord in mercy and loving kindness Truth to me in faithfulness, and then no then you shall know the Lord. I'll betroth you to me forever. I'll betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice. In mercy and loving kindness, I'll betroth you to me in faithfulness, and then, oh, then you 
The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.